welcome to the Your Next Read podcast, brought to you by Major Street Publishing. I'm Luke Mathers, and today on our first episode, we're going to meet Kai Prats. Kai is an ultra marathon runner, and his book, Turning Right, is way more than just a book about running. Turning Right is a book about transformation, it's a book about mindset, and it's a book for anyone who feels that they're stuck with a way of thinking that isn't getting them where they need to be. The old adage of what got you to here won't get you to, won't get you to there comes alive in this book. It's inspirational. It's a fantastic read about the limits of what humans can do. And it's not about running. It's about getting to the next level. You're going to love reading your next read, Turning Right by Kai Bretz. So, Kai Bretz, welcome to the What to Read podcast. And now tell me, who should read this book? <laughs> um, I've really written this not only for sports crazy athletes. I mean, that's an obvious one because I'm, I'm a runner. I've, but I've really written it for leaders in any area of their life. In fact, anyone who expects more from life, and I'm referring to a statistics you're probably more familiar than I am with, which is like 82% of employees are regularly stressed. So anybody who really wants to shine brightly and has the courage to do what it takes to do that, that's this book. You had a really good way of telling people how to get up the next step to the next level. You got people really curious about, about doing that. Is that something that's been part of your life forever or is that something that you kind of have, have facilitated through running? Um, I think through running, I did learn about the difference of those kind of incremental gains, which we all like, and um, in any area of life, another 1% here, another 1% there, versus really a step change. And that is getting to a completely new level. Um, so through running, I've noticed that. And I think the, um, the stat, which I'm still amazed by, was that after almost two decades of long distance running, and I had been a good runner already, I managed to ramp up my performance within 18 months by 22%. And that is something completely different to a 1% here or there. And I want to share that with people of say, well, if in whatever area of life you want to get your 22% worth, this is how you do it. The the book's called Turning Right and to inspire the magic. And tell tell me how it came came upon the the, the title and and how that happened because I I love that story and I'd love you to share it with everyone. Yeah, so turning right is it, that was the pivotal moment which happened um, a few years ago uh, while I was living in Albert Park in Melbourne. It's uh, I was I was very German. So if anybody's wondering my accent, it's not South African. I'm German <laughs> uh, heritage, and picture picture that typical German, and you see me a few years ago. So very measured, very controlled, very much um, doing what needs to be done in order to get to some of that next one percent. Make a and plan and work your plan. Absolutely, and 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 it got me very far. But I had I had reached a plateau, not only in running. So I was a hobby marathon runner, a decent but nothing world class or the like, uh, and the same at work as well. It was I was reaching that plateau, and in a way. A bit, I was getting frustrated of where from here there's nowhere else to go. And a coach helped me. Uh, he saw what was holding me back, but he knew I had to experience that the German way wasn't the way forward anymore. And he prescribed me to do mystery runs, which um, was an invention of his. So he basically said, run with a friend, 
Um, do whatever the friend does, but you are out of control. You don't know what he's doing. You don't know how how, how long he's running for, what he's, um, how fast he's going. And yes, he might break it. Now, that was all the alarm bells went off. I was scared. And uh, I, I was just afraid of, um, of just, in a way, of losing. And then it happened on that first day where Corey, this friend of mine, he picked me up from, from my house, went through the garden gate to get started, and he turned right. So I had to turn right because those were the rules and I was following the rules. And that was a huge eye opener because never, ever in my life had I turned right at that kind of at that garden gate because I was too measured. I was too controlled and somehow the routine was turn left, turn so left. So every single time you went for a run and you went for a run often, you would come out of your garden gate and turn left. Correct. Right. And and that kind of eye opener of there is a world out there right in step of in front of my my doorstep, which I would never enter. And so the curiosity was sparked, and I instantly somehow I didn't notice I didn't know what it would mean because obviously whether you physically turn right or left doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make you a faster runner. Mm-hmm. But I knew that there was something deeper in it, and if I'm metaphorically speaking started opening myself up to new possibilities and turn right, something would happen. And that's what I explored for a few years. And that's basically the journey in this book of what are we all capable of when we turn right and just see for ourselves that we are capable of so much more. The the one thing I loved about the book and particularly that little section of, and I've, I've conveyed this story to a few people after I'd read it, was that you're so measured, but then the turning right concept was wonderful, but also the fact that you chose Corey to actually your friend Corey, who had different strengths to you. He was maybe not quite as long distance, but he was a fair bit faster than you. Yes. And if if you you could tell tell us through, you know what you had to get braver to pick Corey to run with. So that must have been a little bit scary for you as well. Oh, that that was way way more than a bit scary. I was uh, I, I was at the point of calling the mystery run off. So uh, it was really just my pride and, and going back to Corey and saying, uh, I'm too scared, I'm not going to run with you um, because he has a middle distance background and I'm a ma- I was a marathon runner. So a marathon runner versus an 800 meter runner is like, there's no chance if he wants to break yeah. me, he can break me uh, over anything short. And, and the question in my head of when is it fair to give up? which quite many of us somehow have. We might not be aware of it, but how often do we not do something because we're too scared to somehow fail at it? And that's what was holding me back. So, yes. And th- there was a really pivotal point on on one of the hills. I think it was at Litchfield or something. Listerfield. Listerfield. And, yes. and a lot of this comes down to identity as well. That You, know, you talked about you're a marathon runner and he was an 800-metre runner and the, you, you're claiming those sort of things as part of your identity. One of yours was that I'm not very good at running hills Correct. and you told yourself the story that I'm not running real hills. Can you tell us the story about what happened at Litch, was Litchfield? Is that right? Uh, Listerfield. Listerfield. Can you tell us the story a... about what happened there? Absolutely. So the first... In that first mystery run where we turned right, nothing else really happened on that day. So it was just a big aha. The second run was uh, way tougher in terms of Corey challenging me. And he challenged me at a, at a very, very steep hill. It was only a few hundred meters long. But at the bottom of the hill, Corey went from, from an easy shuffle. He was speeding up and going into a sprint up that hill. 
And as you say, my identity was, I'm not good at hills. I've always lived in cities which are pan, uh, pancake flat. So hills is just not, that's not for me. Interestingly enough, I stayed in the moment. Corey was speeding up. I was sticking with him, huffing and puffing. And then I just noticed that I was overtaking him. There was no decision involved. I just overtook him and, and got to the top of the hill first. And somehow um, that was, was like, wow, did I just do that? It was, it was just absolutely incredible and gave me so much confidence. And that was probably the moment where I just knew turning right leads to new, leads to new, um, to completely new levels because that was a turning right moment. It was, it was like going left at my garden gate. I would never have challenged Corey on a sprint uh, and even less so on a, on, on a hill sprint. So yes, we can do way more than we think we can. Yeah. Well, and was that, was that your thing, your cue to sort of say, okay, I've got to find different things other than marathons that I want to do. I want to try ultra marathons and stuff and, right. and take us, take us through what happened after that. So it was, it was really, um, I knew to consolidate that idea of turning right. You don't, you don't just live turning right by, uh, by one hill sprint up a hill. I mean, it's, uh, I needed way more. So I said, okay, instead of running another marathon and trying to shave off another minute or another few seconds of my personal best, I wanted to do something which is not about the result, but really about challenging myself. So I picked a huge race in, um, in Outback, Queensland, uh, called Big Red Run, 250 kilometers through the desert, off-road, on sand, and I had no clue how I would ever actually manage to get to see the finish line. Because so 250 a, kilometers, and that one was like almost like a marathon a day, wasn't it? For, correct. So it, it, was a, it was a stage race where for the first three days you run a marathon each, then you run 32 kilometers or so, uh, day five, when you're already exhausted, you have to run a double marathon. So we're talking now 84 kilometers um, to then uh, round it off on the sixth day to get to the 250. So it, absolutely it's, insane. It's one of the really weird things about reading this book. Like to me, running a marathon is just ridiculous. Like I'm a large human and I have old knees and they don't, I don't run. And to run a marathon is ridiculous. And then to start talking about running two marathons on a day, and by the end of this book, which we'll get into a little bit later, you're running, you know, sort of 260Ks in a day, which is just ludicrous. Yeah. It's absolutely ludicrous that, you, that a human body can actually do that. And, and that's, that's what I really want to convey with the book. It's not about the running as such. This book is not for runners. It's just an example of an area. So running is my example of saying when we challenge ourselves and put our minds to it and really grow as a person there is so much more than we can think of and i, I mentioned the 22 percent before and i mean stepping up from a marathon to 250 kilometers that is um i mean that's, that's way a more, lot than, more 20 than 22 percent yeah exactly yeah it, it really is and that was the big red run was that the one that that made you think you know there's a book in this yes so that's when i really um because it blew me away. It was similar to um, out sprinting Corey in Listerfield um, because not only I finished with Big Red Run, but uh, and I want to, don't want to give too much away for, for the reader, but the result was, let's call it, it was just out of this world. Um, and, and I thought, wow, if I can do this, 
then basically I can do anything. And it has nothing to do that I'm talented. I'm, I'm not talented at it. My first marathon was, I, I was midfield in that first marathon, which I ran. Uh, so I, I was never, I enjoyed running, but it was never talented. So no Usain Bolt uh, of, of marathon running. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think everybody can do it, can do whatever they want to, to overcome as a challenge if they put their minds to that. It's almost a little bit. I know, being German, it's almost a bit Nietzsche that 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 Frederick Nietzsche was, would say that you know, you put those you say that people are talented, which gives you the excuse not to do those things that are really hard. Yeah, it's it's the limiting beliefs we have. So it's in a way we, we talked about just before, and we said, well, it's about the step changes we we make rather than just the, the incremental changes. In order to do that, we have to reprogram our minds. I mean, that's how it basically neurologically works and the kind of reprogramming the new lines of my own programming were no longer I'm not good enough I don't belong here the world is hostile and I need to fight I mean you hear the language which I used to talk to myself to and that got me relatively far in life but but then it just leveled off and there was there was nowhere to go there was no further growth you touched on there you, you heard the language that you talk to yourself the thing I loved about this book, and I really, really loved this book, was that you got an, you actually got inside someone's head and you were really, really vulnerable and very honest about exactly what was going through your head in a whole bunch of times. And let's face it, you weren't always the hero of this story either. There was lots of times where it's like, wow, I've just, I've just admitted to being an asshole, or I've just admitted to not being very brave, or I've just and you really have let people into your head when you're doing through that. Like, yeah, you come off the high of the big red run and we don't want to tell every story in the book, but, but I think that I think going to do the 24 hour race in Christchurch was a, a moment where you weren't the hero, but yeah. it was that, it was almost that Joseph Campbell's hero story that you had to have had the, the, the fall from grace to be able to rise to where you got to. So can you tell us a little bit about, about what happened in, in Christchurch? Yes, yeah, so Christchurch was, uh, after Big Red Run, completely on a high. I basically, I basically wanted to tackle the world and, and prove to myself, now I know how to be successful. You hear the language again, I, mm-hmm. to be successful, not to grow anymore. I know how to be successful, so now I'll show everybody how this summer is done. So I signed up for a 100-kilometer race. Uh, in one go and really wanted to nail it, wanted to make it into the Australian national team. So really high aspirations suddenly. And I got into that race. And as you said, it was a complete disaster. It was like, and <laughs> I just have to laugh because after Big Red Run, I thought, yeah, I'm going to write this book because I'm so awesome. I'm writing this book. And then I came out of Christchurch. I came out of Christchurch. And then I said, oh, shit, I can't write the book because I'm so shit. So <laughs> the book is gone. <laughs> and you really did get that. You got that feeling too that you're like, because uh, I, I remember reading it and getting to the point where you'd, you'd done really well in the Big Red Run and thought, where the hell is this book going now? I feel like the, I was, it was like 30% of the book and I'm like, oh, well, that's over and he's he's done everything he wanted to do and it was just nah the ceiling's off and off we go and then you it, it was just the roller coaster of that it but was it's just funny you you mentioned Campbell with his hero's um hero's journey it's it's just funny 
how that actually plays out in all of our lives. I think if we pay attention, it is after a big high, it is not uncommon to, to fall deep. Uh, look at other sports people who they, they win a major tournament and then it's basically um, that they don't get anything done anymore until um, until they get to that next level. So it's it is a roller coaster, and I think that's very important. That was very important to me to convey in the story of just by, as you said, being being very honest with what I was feeling, what I was sensing, um, to 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 get across that it's okay to be uncomfortable because that discomfort is is part of it. It's it's actually the journey is not about being amazing. The journey is about being able to to go the next journey. That's what it is all about. It's uh, I feel now prepared to tackle whatever I want. And it's not about yes, I will actually achieve it. It's it's more that kind of thrill, maybe I will, maybe I won't, but I can deal with it. And I will I will really um I won't it's it's not my identity which will be threatened in case I actually don't achieve what I'm out to do. Yeah. And that's new for me. Absolutely new. I, I think that's new for everyone. Um, but one way you did that, which I, I really loved, is you. I'm a massive fan of alter egos. I, I have an alter ego. His name is Carlos, and he's a wonderful, wonderful dude. And Carlos is curious, creative, and generous. And when I'm being Carlos, I'm being curious, creative, and generous. You did it in a slightly different way. You gave your, you had like an alter ego and a nemesis. Can you describe that? And you, you gave them characteristics about what they do. Can you describe those for me? Yeah, so um, the first one I, I was aware for quite a while um, was it's it's the bureaucrat, and which makes so much sense with even my German heritage of it's um, computer says no, so there's a no. It's it's like there's a rule, and therefore you either comply with it or, or somehow it doesn't work. And and that's how I was leading my life with that kind of bureaucrat who had to be completely in control, in charge, new rules and there was no black and white, very simple. Um, but it doesn't really get me anywhere. Um, the, uh, the, that's the nemesis. Then the other one, which I really had to cultivate because it was, it was very much suppressed all my life, is that explorer in me. And, and when you hear me talking right now, I get really excited about these kind of these races and challenges. And um, it's, it's that, that explorer within me it, it just wants to see what is possible and where will it lead to and what will I learn from this? And, and then, it doesn't matter if I fail because I'm exploring. Exactly. I'm... But then, then the bureaucrat comes out and says, yeah, okay, we, uh, I don't really like challenges, but if we challenge ourselves, it's all about success because what counts at the end is uh, that we have something shiny which we can show to other people and, uh, and then at least it's worth it. So don't do anything which is which is not leading to the results. And it's just, that's not how the explorer works. The explorer just wants to go out, uh, wants to have some sort of fun, sense of fulfillment and, um, and, and explore and see what happens. And I think, that, I think the beauty of the alter ego effect in itself, but the way, the way you did it, it's almost like those old cartoons with the devil and the angels sitting on, mm. on people's shoulders. And, and you had the explorer and the, and the bureaucrat there. And one, you went to naturally. Yeah, you, know, you went to the bureaucrat naturally. But yes. then the more you cultivated the, the explorer, the more your self-talk ended up sounding like a scout and sounding like an explorer. Yeah, it's, um, I think once I noticed that 
the explorer actually had a chance of getting his way, um, th that was really, that boosted the journey because, as you say, there is a default. And when the bureaucrat is so strong for decades in our lives, it's, it's, it's hard to not listen to him because it feels true when he says, well, Clay, you're not capable. That's, that's the bureaucrat saying that, nice. just to keep me safe. It feels true. It's, uh, it's not about the rational argument. It's like I can feel it in my body. It's my shoulders shrug. It's, it's everything getting tense. And it's like getting past that takes, um, yeah, it takes courage. Yeah, and I, th I think for someone that, that wants to read a book about change and wants to read a book about almost talking effectively to themselves, I know that, mm -hmm. that and I, I think that's, for me, that's what this book does. It actually teaches you how to have conversations with yourself that actually help. Um, another friend of mine wrote a book called New Man Emerging and his thing in it was you're making shit up most of the time so you may as well make up shit that helps. I love it. And I really like that. And you you personified that because there were times when when you you your bureaucrat would be telling you you couldn't do something and the explorer says, no, nah, bugger that, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I, I might just share one little story from Big Red Run, which I love um, where I was – the bureaucrat basically uh, said, well, I'm done now. The legs are tired. You can't go anymore, uh, which is where you say it's not even making shit up. It makes sense that when you've run more than a marathon and you're on sand and you know you have to run more than 100 kilometers still, it's like you're tired and it all makes sense. And then there was that voice in my head which just told me, Kai, it's all good. You are growing desert legs. It's, it's, it came out of nowhere. It didn't make any sense. But I embraced it and I just knew, okay, my legs are transforming. They're hurting because they're transforming. And, and in a little bit of time, I will be fine. They will be adjusted to running through sand and the desert and everything will be fine. And as you say, if you make stuff up, you might as well make stuff up, which actually helps. And it did help. Yeah, you made up desert legs. You've, uh, yeah. you've uh, coined a new phrase for people that are running in soft sand. And, and, it was beautiful to actually go through that journey with you and the fact that you, you were so vulnerable about the, the thoughts that weren't helping and the, and the thoughts that, that were perhaps holding you back, which was great. And anyone who actually wants to have those, those transformations, that's where, the, where this book comes alive. But you also went fairly deep on, on some of the things that have been ingrained from your childhood and stuff mm. like that, which, which, I'm not sure that would have been your intention when you started the book, was it? And and how was the wrestle in your head about whether to include some of that stuff or not? No, so absolutely it wasn't my intention at the beginning. It's uh, when I started writing the book, I wanted to write a hero book. I wanted to tell the world how great I was. And um, <laughs> we, we wouldn't be sitting here if I had written that book. Um, I, I know that. So I, I came, it, it took me a long way. Um, so I was curious. So I noticed that I had these limiting beliefs. So I got to those beliefs in the journey of saying, well, why am I believing that I'm not good enough? Why do I believe I don't belong into a national team? Why is the world hostile? Like, where is that all coming from? Because I'd seen myself as an optimistic person and it didn't really suit some of my identity in a way, but, but I truly had those beliefs. And just digging into them. So there was a bit of soul searching. And 
I just noticed, yeah, it, it does come from childhood and it comes from the way I grew up. And, um, and somehow that was very confronting of just saying, well, I grew up in a very, uh, in a very violent household. So certainly not easy times growing up. Um, and your dad's go, your dad's go to way of dealing with his problems was to, was to be aggressive and to be violent. Absolutely. And so I, I copped a lot and we're, we're not talking just, uh, just a little slap. So we, it was real, real violence involved. And, and obviously I'd, I'd somehow, I thought I'd come, I, I've gotten over that and somehow that's, that's the past and that's where it is. But those beliefs in terms of me, myself making, well, making myself small, that's where it was rooted. It's, it's, it's the kind of, it's the protection mechanism and it worked all my life. It was all I could somehow do is make myself small. And, um, and, and then, well, there, there are further stories with family. I don't want to, to share all of them, but it's, it's, I noticed that kind of linkage where you say that's 30, 40 years ago. And it still drives my life unless I choose a different way. And, and that's probably the positive message in all of, uh, all of this, which is pretty serious in a way, is we can choose a different way, but there is reprogramming involved and saying, okay, let's get past it. And how do I, how do I integrate that kind of trauma and, and move on? Uh, and that's, that's probably where running has helped me. And and other challenges in the business world. So um, because it's not only not only running challenges, I'm sharing it's also business challenges. But it all came back to those kind of experiences of feeling that I'm done too. I'm not in control, and other people have power over me. Which surprise, surprise, I overcompensate that by being the, the typical German who controls. Mm-hmm. So it all makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. I don't want to go into any more of that because it's one of those parts of the book that when you read it, it, it really is quite emotive, some of this stuff. So I don't, I don't want to sort of tell tell people the story of how all of yeah. that went. But if for anyone that, that wants to read a book about transforming and about being curious about, you know, the the building blocks that have got them to where they are, this is one of those books that does that. You just happen to use the platform of running to yeah. to tell the story. But this is just, it's just not a running book. It's a book about getting better at your business. It's a good book about, so I think it's just a book about self-awareness. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, it's self-awareness. And in essence, it's it's that realisation of what got us here just will not get us much further. Yeah. It's, that's what it is. If you want to, you might get a few one percenters here and there. Great, take them. Uh, I don't want to to belittle them, but if you really want to step in, onto uh, to a next level, that's when, in a way, I've experienced. You have to turn right. You just have to choose a new path which you haven't walked, and that's what that's exciting and scary at the time. At the same time, yeah, it is. It it really is because it's yeah you. You got the couple of points I really got out of it were the getting comfortable with discomfort and the always looking for another option. They were the two. So after all of these amazing challenges that you did in the book, what is what's another one that's on your horizon? What's something else you're thinking about doing? So the next the next one which really excites me, it's called the Claw, and that's a race um, in New Zealand in Rotorua. um, in September. So obviously the big disclaimer, who knows whether as a Victorian I will make it in September to New Zealand. I mm-hmm. don't know. 
but I will be prepared for it. And what excites me about it is um, the race exists for seven, eight years, and nobody has finished that one to claim the, tro- the trophy, which is a claw. So it looks like a claw. Right. Um, what you have to do, it's a 5.5-kilometer loop on trail um, and a little bit hilly, so there's some elevation in it. And you have to run just over 200 kilometers within 24 hours. So it's 203 kilometers within 24 hours. And so far, nobody has ever done it because you either go out too fast um, um, and then just crash, or you don't go out fast enough and then don't make it. So what tends to happen is that uh, everybody pretty much gives up around that 14, 15 hour mark. And so mentally, as, as you can imagine, that just excites me. I'm saying nobody has gotten close to it in, in eight years' time. So I would really love to take that challenge and wow. say it will be touch and go. It will be somewhat stressful if you make it stressful. Or it's just a go out, have some fun, see what happens. And I really want to get my name onto that floor. So yes. that's what excites me at the moment. Nice. I guess that's good. That I, I love the way you talk about this with the, well, I might make it, I might not. And that that level of acceptance, which as you read the book, it, it sort of permeates through the whole whole book that your level of acceptance of whether you achieve or not just keeps going up. And, it, and the more you accept, the more likely you were to achieve. Exactly. And that's what makes it difficult because obviously there's a part in me who doesn't want to come home without the claw. And, and that that voice, that bureaucrat who just has the, has the, has the clear objective um, uh, knows unless you tick it off, Kai, who will you be? You are a failure. And, and that voice will speak up. I mean, we're talking 24 hours of running, sleep deprivation, being tired, being physically exhausted. That voice definitely will come up. And I need to be prepared to deal with that voice. That's what the race is about. It's not about some are running fast. It's about dealing with that voice in my head and um, and negotiating my way through because it is very sneaky. And every time it has a different kind of strategy to to wrestle me down. So we're going to do a fast five to finish these off. Okay. Okay. Do, so I, I have do I need five. a little warm up or no? No, you're you're going to be a sprinter now, mate. You're not you're not caught in your identity. All right. So what are you reading now? Um, I'm reading from David Hawkins, Letting Go. Okay. And your favourite book as a kid? Uh, Vinetu, which is a German book from Karl May. I actually refer to it in, in this book. It's, uh, it's uh, in, in the Wild West, in a way. Okay. What book should everyone read other than Turning Right? <sighs> wow, that was the answer. Um <laughs> <laughs> It might have been because I've just read it recently, but it has deeply impacted me, um, which is from Wayne Dwyer, um, The Power of Intention. I've just read it recently, and it's just a wow. Isn't it amazing? Like Books like a Wayne Dwyer book, it's probably written in the 80s or the 90s or something, and they're still just as relevant. And then you can go back to yeah. you know, ancient spiritual texts, and they're just as relevant as now. So it's amazing yeah. that these books are, you know, they don't they don't change. They've they still have wisdom that, that you can translate into, into whatever you like. What would your autobiography be called if it wasn't turning right? So let's say we're going uh, to write it. This is a out. memoir. So I think I'm, I'm, I don't think I need to write an, uh, an autobiography, but it's 
I've used all my 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 wordings there. Inspired. I think Tony Wright's probably probably it is an autobiography, I guess, or a memoir. It, it, it this one, so is. I guess I mean, that's a memoir. That uh, but yeah. All right, and all right. Last one, and this one's really important. If there was one sentence that you could take away from this book, what would it be? Don't settle for who you think you are. It's. I, I don't think I've written that as a sentence, but that is pretty much that's the essence of the book. It's we. It really is, isn't it? It it's, is. It's don't send off. I think the key word there is think. Yeah, it's, it is thinking. It's is this who you think you are? No, yeah. it's not. You you have the ability to turn right. You have the ability to have another option. You have the ability to challenge yourself and grow an identity that you didn't know you had. And that was my big takeaway from it as well. And. It was an exquisitely written book. I loved it. And it's it's not about running. It's a bit like Lance Armstrong. It's not about the bike, or except without the drugs and the lying. Um, but it was, a, it was a fantastic read, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and I can't recommend it enough to anyone. So, Kai, thank you for coming on the What to Read podcast. And uh, if anyone wants to get out there, um, we'll have the links in the show notes of where they can find Turning Right. But thank you very much for coming and chatting to me today. Well, thanks for having me and thanks for your very kind words. Thanks for listening to the Your Next Read podcast. If you'd like to get this book or any other book from Major Street, go to majorstreet.com.au and use the code YNR to claim your 20% off Your Next Read. Thanks for listening and subscribe below.